Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. The podcast that will never, ever get full FDA approval. What's up, kiddies? It's your favorite global phenomenon, the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel. I can't get no satisfaction, Cheeseman. This is Chad. I'm drinking a Super Bach and relaxed as fuck. So wash. And on this week's show, iSims files for its IPO, Paradox puts a round peg in a round hole, and OnlyFans does a 180. Or is it a 69? Eh, you'll just have to stay tuned. <laughs> okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> What's up, man? You're in Portugal. You look more relaxed than I've ever seen. Oh, dude, <laughs> we landed last night at 530 local time, uh, a few bo blocks uh, away from the ocean here in Faro City. So we're in city center 
and we threw down our, our freaking luggage, uh, went to a restaurant and the restaurant owner just moved from Rome. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it was it was amazing. Great food. Go figure. It was Italian food. Great food. Here's the funny part. I gave a little more than a 20% tip because it was amazing food, amazing service. And we have a friend for life now. She couldn't believe that we provided a 20% tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're starting off well. We're starting off well. Not to mention also... This is if you're going to come to Portugal, this is your place. This specific Airbnb is right across from an Irish bar. And last night at two o'clock, I got up to take a piss. And as soon as I opened up the door, <laughs> the alley was full of drunks singing Irish drinking songs. It was, it made me smile so big. I was like, this is where I belong. <laughs> So I'm glad you're on the uh, U.S. reputation repair tour there in uh, in Portugal. That's nice. Keep giving those 20% tips and making us look good. <laughs> do my best. Jeez, I'll do my I'm best. So, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Yeah. If you look at, if you're following Chad or connected on Facebook, like the pictures are going to be coming uh, furiously and the dude just looks so happy. So I'm happy for him. <sighs> Shout outs. Shout outs. So I'm going to I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Uh, shout out to Charlie Watts, uh, the Rolling Stones drummer. He passed away this week at oh, 80. Uh, if I had to put money on the first Rolling Stone to go, it probably would not have been him. Keith Richards. But uh, yeah, shout out to him and the Stones. What's your favorite Rolling Stones song, Chad? Yeah, I can't get no satisfaction. I mean, that's just the way the way it is. Uh, yeah. But but I am right now. Yeah. Aside from that, <laughs> I want to throw in She's a Rainbow. Quite a a nice summary tune if you're in the mood. Paint it black. I mean those. Yep. They, I mean the '60s, the '60s like Vietnam era songs. Rolling Stones just killed there. Uh, Charlie, I mean, 80 years old man. They were still touring, and they still are without him. Yeah, yeah they're going to replace him, so they they keep trucking, man. Holy yeah. shit! No, and that's what Charlie would have <laughs> wanted. I, I can I don't know the guy, but I can almost guarantee you that's exactly what he would have wanted. And what I want is I want to give out a shout out to all of the new Evergreen podcasts that are joining the HR channel. Get ready, kids. There you go. Katrina Collier from the HR Partner Perspective podcast, Shelly and Serge with the Recruitment Flex podcast, Alin and Tracy with Talent Rebelcast, and Katie and Jackie with Inclusive AF, aka As Fuck. Dude, we are building this network with amazing and diverse voices, and I am fucking stoked. Well, they don't have a podcast yet, but if the boys at Carew who made popular the uh, the uh, the van sign, you need a BJ, BJ meaning better job, uh, have a new video out. I don't know if you've seen this, but they, they give a hat tip to one of my favorites, Oasis, mm-hmm. panning their hit, Don't Look Back in Anger with Don't Feedback in Anger. So if you haven't seen that one, kids, go to LinkedIn and search Carew and check out their version of Don't Look Back in Anger. C-A-R-O-O. Those guys are funny as fuck. (laughs) Yes, they are. Chad, this may be the most important shout out I've ever made. Uh Uh-oh. Drum roll. LinkedIn Uh has solved the DEI recruitment (laughs) 
challenges. <laughs> I feel sarcasm. I feel sarcasm. They've saved us, Chad. Their new feature on LinkedIn Recruiter allows hiring managers to hide names and photos of job candidates <laughs> to ensure employment decisions are based on qualifications rather than race. Chad, LinkedIn has solved the diversity recruiting problem. You must be excited. It's amazing that they can add a feature that is <laughs> what, like five to 10 years late. I think every major platform that's out there has the ability to what you call blind profiles. And uh -huh. LinkedIn, again, this is just another example of a huge player that is not innovative at all. I mean, not even close to innovative. They their search is shit. Their targeting is shit. Their I mean, pretty much their their holistic product itself is shit. Now the network now the network is awesome, but th this is a shit product that is going to continue to make ass loads of money. So you're in favor of it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad they caught up. What I am not in favor of is. Jonathan Duarte getting Ouch. six fucking screws in his shoulder. So uh, uh, apparently he and his son were mountain biking in Colorado and he took a tumble and uh, he's going to need a bunch of rehab. Again, six, I think it was six, what, six screws in his shoulder. And uh, I think this is time, Jonathan, buddy, listen closely. You need to take up competitive napping with Cheeseman. Get in the fa the fantasy the fantasy napping league, and uh, I think it's time, brother. Yeah, time to give it up. And you know who else is time to give it up? Uh, this came out this week. The baby from Nirvana's iconic album cover oh, from the on. album Nevermind. Give me a break. Is suing them for <sighs> child pornography. The lawsuit states that uh, the guy has suffered lifelong damages with the defendants having knowingly benefited from their participation in his, quote, commercial sexual exploitation. Now, if irony comes to mind here, Jeez. the cover, and for our younger listeners who may not know, the album is of a baby swimming in a pool chasing a dollar bill that's on a hook. So 30 years later, the dude is still chasing money that's out of reach. And this is total <laughs> lunacy. It's got to get kicked out from it's the stupid. courts, but it's, it, it's worth a shout out just for its irony. Uh, yeah. Well, the only thing I can follow that up with is shout out to Pfizer getting FDA approval for the COVID vax kids. That's right. So it, it, it's time for the U S to step it the fuck up and get their shit together. And, and I'll give you a personal story because over the past few weeks, I've been fretting coming to another country. Uh, I, I've gotten vaccinated, but still, I just wasn't sure if they were going to let us in. Uh, so I started checking Portugal because it was like, oh, wait a minute, if we get over there and they have low vax rates, what's it going to be like? Well, like earlier this month in August, they actually hit their goal of 70% with the first jab, uh, which they which they had set for September 1st. So they nailed it. I looked this morning. They are at 82% first jab vax. That is over 10% in the last few weeks. And the U.S. is having to have Biden 
push employers to mandate. Then he's also mandating for military and pretty much anybody who's receiving federal funds. I mean, we've got to do something to press this because apparently Americans are fucking idiots. Yeah. And shout out to all the companies that are coming, you know, forward requiring vaccinations or creating it, uh, creating incentive or disincentives financially to not do so. I know Delta came out this week, Delta Airlines saying that uh, if you don't get the jab, there's going to be additional $200 a month uh, tagged on to your, uh, your healthcare. So uh, companies are stepping up and also shout out, Shout out to nurses for a second. I mean, I don't, I don't think we talk about them enough, but yes. good God, they went through a year of hell hoping that, you know, the world would come to its senses, get vaccination, the world would go back to normal. Well, holy hell, if things, if the nightmare hasn't sort of restarted for them, if you know a nurse, uh, live with a nurse, whatever, give them a hug, give them a thank you. Like, I can't, we can't shout out enough to nurses and the job that they do. Um, in light of sort of American stupidity and politicizing the vaccine and uh, dealing with uh, the new variant. Yes, we've got to get this shit right. And and one person who's getting shit right is Matt O'Donnell, whose gift game is stepping up on Twitter. So big applause to, to, to Matt. Appreciate the engagement, not to mention trying to keep up on the gift game, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And shout out to uh, to Airbnb. Uh, you yes. mentioned uh, Joe Biden. So uh, Airbnb has stepped up and said that they will uh, provide free housing for up to 20,000 uh, Afghan refugees around the world. Uh, that's a lot of free housing. So yes. shout out to Airbnb for stepping up for the Afghan Afghan re- refugees. Yeah. I and, and as I sit here in an Airbnb and I will be in a uh, a Airbnb for the next five weeks, I will continue to give them my money because of purpose and getting behind human beings. I, to me, there's nothing better than a brand who says something and then does it and then does more than what you expect. So shout out to Airbnb. No question. And if you if you are an Afghan refugee, Chad is currently out of his house for the next month. So hit him up <laughs> if you uh, if you need a place to stay and you want to check out beautiful Columbus, Indiana. Everybody wants to do that. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, I got a couple company ones real quick. Okay. Uh, Jovio, I got a shout out. Uh, they've uh, earmarked more than $24 million to grow, biz- grow its business um, in India, where it recently signed uh, contracts with some of that country's largest employers. KJ and company continue to rock it. And uh, WeSpire, a Boston-based provider of employee engagement software, which is a hot topic on our show, uh, raised 13 million in series B this week. Shout out to those companies. Uh, keep doing what you do. And as always, if you haven't signed up for free shit on what? Chad cheese, head up chadcheese.com slash free. We got t-shirts by emissary. We got beer from Adzuna and we got whiskey by sovereign. And if you haven't left us a review on your podcast platform of choice, Please do so, good or bad. It's our oxygen. It it feeds us into what you want and what you like and helps keep us on track. Love it. And last but not least, shout out to Stephen and Faith Rothberg. Stephen actually was just one of the winners uh, of Sovereign's Bourbon. Uh, But they are posting pics from, I believe they're in Quebec. And uh, I spotted Stephen out uh, having dinner with Faith, and he was all dolled up. He had a Chad and Cheese T-shirt on. So did she, didn't she? I, she probably she did. Okay, she, I think she was too. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's nice. And Quebec, I have not been, but I hear it's beautiful. I hear it's the most European city in North America. And we got some birthdays, Chad. You know oh, how wow. we end uh, in the shout out. So shout out to my wife, Christine Cheeseman, who celebrated yes. a birthday on Tuesday. My 14-year-old, soon-to-be 15-year-old Cole Cheeseman wow. celebrates a birthday. Uh, our buddy Amon Brar uh, from Canvas slash Jobvite celebrates a birthday. Joey Stubbs. Joe Stubblebine, wherever in the world he is, uh, yeah. celebrates a birthday. Bradley Clark, one of our favorite Canucks from Rectext, and Funky Cold Dina Medeiros, industry veteran, all celebrate birthdays this week. Love it. Love Shout it. out to all those folks and friends. A little of the extra show. love goes out to Christi- Christine Cheeseman for putting up with your ass. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no Happy doubt. birthday, Christine. No doubt. Topics. Okay, kids, it's time to clear the air real quick. We uh, we talked about job.com and we weren't sure because we got a factoring letter from one of their vendors. Uh, and generally, not always, generally that, that 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 sends up red flags one one way or the other. So we, you know, we, we, we were thinking that the job.com might be having some issues. Well, apparently they were factoring and using that focus on acquisition. So future revenues against uh, acquiring new companies because they just acquired staffing firms, Fortis Healthcare Resources, and Endivis. So uh, I reached out to Aaron when we were talking about the factoring and he said, no, we're going through acquisition. And I said, okay, when when you go through acquisition and you get it, let me know and we'll uh, we'll make sure that we, we put it out there. But he said, yeah, we factor our books. It's normal stuff, just self-funding our acquisitions as much as possible. So uh, overall, great move. I'm still not 100% in on the uh, go-to-market strategy that job.com has, but it doesn't matter. They're buying shit. <laughs> well, it's good to know that when we're wrong, that it's it's nice people that we're wrong about. It's good to know that the payday loan that we uh, speculated was not the case. So Aaron, uh, you guys keep trucking along and, and the acquisitions best. have always been a, a, their strategy. So yeah, pull out the, pull out the checkbook and, and start buying some companies. So we'll continue to report on job.com. However, the bigger news to start off the week with is our friends at iSIMS finally did it. They have filed to raise $100 million in an IPO. Uh, Listeners know the company uh, provides talent management software to enterprise level companies, i.e. ones that pay over a hundred grand plus a year for the service. Uh, TLNT, which will be the ticker symbol, uh, has grown through the pandemic, but has significant debt and some concerning metrics, according to an analyst. As of June 30th of 2021, iSIMS had $43 million in cash and $770 million in total liabilities. Yikes. Uh, Free cash flow during the 12 months ended June 30th. 21 was $7 million. They're seeking cash to pay down a lot of debt, which is sizable uh, as a likely result of its private equity firm ownership. The primary risk to the company's outlook, according to one analyst, is the ability for larger companies, i.e. LinkedIn, to bundle such software into their other offerings or Microsoft, thereby putting downward pricing pressure and potentially boxing iSIMs out in the process. So, Chad, are you going to load up on some TLNT? 
I probably won't. I'll probably be uh, loading up on Airbnb. Uh, we saw this happening. It just makes good business sense. And I mean, that's why they brought Steve in, right? That's why we're th- they're doing these acquisitions. So uh, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's something we knew was going to happen. Uh, I was surprised it didn't happen sooner, to be quite frank. Yep. Yeah. So the, the dominoes are falling uh, pretty consistently, as we sort of <laughs> predicted. So ZipRecruiter was the first domino. We talked uh, pretty at length about Doximity um, last week, uh, basically network specifically to physicians. And iSIMS, I think we kind of believed would be the first ATS to go uh, IPO in light of those. And let the dominoes keep falling unless iSIMS uh, really falls on its face. I mean, I think both of us expect, you know, the job bites, the smart recruiters, the namelys of the world to eventually go IPO um, as well. I mean, my concern as an investor would be just I'm obviously the debt, uh, which is probably uh, specific to, to, to iSIMS. But ATS is, you know, they grow kind of slowly. Um, they're kind of these big Titanic type companies. So one of the one of the challenges that the analyst uh, mentioned in an article was that uh, you know the high growth that you would expect in a SaaS business, they're just they're just a little bit short of that. So to me, it's like you know, money to pay down debt is great, but I think they got to start making some some big acquisitions. And iSIMS hasn't been shy from making big moves like the ones they did with, you know, text recruit or, or opening.io. But if they're going to grow, you know, to me, these, these, these ATSs really have to make moves and acquisitions, which I think is what we're seeing because they grow so slow because, well, they're so expensive and the enterprise level companies are kind of few and far between. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think you're you're going to have to for them to be able to be more global and much on, you know on the enterprise side of the house. They're going to have to do more acquisitions like they did with Easy Recruit. It's got to be something that is uh, foreign. Uh, it just makes sense because it's already just just add water from a, a technology language and portfolio standpoint. So you know I. I think it's smart for them to grow through acquisition. Uh, but one thing you have to remember is, you know, as you look at portfolios, or at least I look at mine, uh, you, you've got to have some stability in there, right? You can't always have these high growth, uh, high risk types of stocks. And I wouldn't see ISIMs as that type of company. I just wouldn't. And that's and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, they may just be, uh, you know, grow a few percent a year, pay out a dividend, you know, to investors. And it's just sort of a, a nice, safe stock. I also think, and we talked about this or touched on it with with sort of the the Vonk stuff um, with with better monetizing. Um, I think it was smart recruiters or uh, greenhouse that they partnered with. So that, I mean, most of these ATSs are not profiting from their marketplaces. And at some point, that's going to be an issue for these public companies. So I wouldn't be surprised to see ISIMs either starting to take a share of profits from people in their mar- or companies in their marketplace or requiring, you know, more fees uh, to play in the marketplace. So that'll be interesting and something to watch. If you're in the marketplace yourself, I don't think it should be on ISIMs to bring you an idea that's a that's a revenue share opportunity. It should be your uh, job to bring them the go to business, you know, uh, 
opportunity. Uh, because again, the thing that you're looking for as a smaller organization is you're looking for distribution into a much larger portfolio of clients. So overall, we're talking about Vonk. What Vonk is doing incredibly smart is they have a huge total addressable market uh, from recruitment marketing. Right. And they know that, let's say, for instance, uh, an applicant tracking system usually is not going to get any of that revenue whatsoever. So what they do is they start the opportunity of channeling revenues into ISIMS through tapping into recruitment marketing to all of ISIM's clients, right? And again, this is something this is something that they could do. They're not I don't believe they're currently doing, especially with Vonk. But I know that organizations like that need to be looking at how do you leverage and or white label what you do to be able to first and foremost not have to create a huge sales operation uh, but use your partners to be able to juice your revenues as long as they don't take a cue from WeWork and start buying wave companies i think they'll <laughs> i think they'll be okay well speaking of growth companies don't call it a chatbot chad conversational ai solution paradox said it will require the mobile first assessment platform tradeify who by the way is home of one of our Pappy's winners from That's last right. year. Shout out to her. Uh, Tradeify delivers visual-based assessments that can be completed in less than two minutes. Terms were not disclosed, boo. Uh, Tradeify is already integrated into Paradox, and Paradox CEO Aaron Mehta said the deal was spurred by customer demand. This one seems to make a little too much sense to me, Chad. What say you? So whisper number is 40 million. Look at the market. Where's the biggest opportunity for vendors? B biggest quick hit opportunity for vendors right now. Uh, it's high volume. And to be able to shift to more of an hourly type of model, you start to encompass the opportunity to work with humongous organizations. I don't know, like McDonald's, who they already work with in uh, bigger you know, restaurant corporations and, and anything that's high turnover. It just makes a hell of a lot of sense. Now, there's a lot of transaction that goes on here. That's fine. But if you're doing large bulk of transaction uh, and you're doing it in a SaaS model, I mean, you can charge a hell of a lot of, of dollars for enterprise. Um, so the signal to anyone in the hourly hiring space is uh, you're going to get pushed out unless you get your shit together. Because Adam Godson, who's the chief product officer and former Cielo talent wizard um, in tech, in tech God, I guess over there. He's done this for years. He's actually uh, pulled together platforms uh, with with uh, duct tape and bailing wire from a bunch of uh, different vendors that he had to work with. Right now, he is in charge of that product. So it's not about duct tape and bailing wire. It's what he can focus on and build. So what he did before was amazing, outstanding, and better than anybody else did in the market for the most part. And that's back in 2016, 17, 18. What he can do with Paradox on the high volume side of the house, I think is amazing. The big question here is, can they stay focused on high volume because yes, they have money and they're getting, you know, some, some, some very good traction, but can they stay focused on high volume? Because if they take their eye off the ball, they could really fuck this up. Yeah. I just love it when you give Adam a nice tongue bath. That was, that was nice. Love that so two guy. things, a couple of things that stood out to me first. First I thought was, 
when I looked at when I look at Tradeify's product, I think about Instagram. Like I, I, I feel like these guys have really figured that like the visual and mobile thing out and also the the sort of quick assessment test or the pre-screen. Um, and and I, I always think about like Jobber, who Monster bought oh, many moons ago, who yeah. was going to be the Instagram for job search, uh-huh. uh, which they never really were. So I think Tradeify has, has sort of nailed that component. And uh, my first thought was, when we see so many acquisitions in the space that sort of kind of maybe don't make that much sense. I mean, they kind of do, but not really. We think like, well, it must've been on the clearance rack. So they picked it up. This one to me made like perfect sense because this sort of like quick visual mobile first, you know, pre-screening thing, assessment test should be something that uh, Paradox should have in their arsenal. So that made perfect sense versus, you know, building it. Um, 40 million is a pretty big price tag. And I want to say Paradox is raised just a little bit north of that. Yeah. So unless they are incredibly profitable, they've either got money in the kitty uh, that's that's there and they haven't announced it yet or they will be uh, soon. But that's that's a chunk of money um, unless it was all shares or we'll, we'll pay it over the next uh, 50 years or something. So that, yeah. that kind of struck me uh, as interesting as well. I think Paradox continues to be the last man standing, uh, the apex predator in this conversational AI technology. And I keep thinking about, you know, how we, we've speculated, you know, the seekouts of the world, these guys being, you know, a platform similar to an ATS and being like the new ATSs. And I think this is one more step toward being that platform. And it's, uh, it's incredibly interesting. And they also add some really uh, smart people to the paradox team oh, uh, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna pay you know tons of dividends to the product. So I have I have nothing bad to say about this, and I think it uh, forebodes very well for them, uh, and it's something to really keep keep an eye out on in the future. This will be well. This is a shot across Alexander Man Solutions' bow uh, with their product hourly because Tradeify is integrated with hourly. So what happened here? is uh, a company, Paradox, is taking a piece of tech off the chessboard, right? I don't think they're going to pull Tradeify from hourly. Although, if you think about it, if one of your competitors is paying you to utilize your now new service, right? What does that do other than continue to bolster you? This is like back in the day when Monster was paying Indeed for traffic, right? So it's incredibly smart. And this isn't the first time that we're going to be talking about it to watch an organization like Paradox pull a player off the board. And if you think about it, once again, talking about from an applicant tracking system, I really it's I think it's more evolved than that. If I can actually engage a candidate, I can take them through the steps through, you know, chat, messenger, whatever it is, and get you into an interview or even interviewed. Uh, in under 10 minutes, fuck, man, that's that is the game changer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we probably don't talk much about or talk enough about the uh, the high school level dynamics that come into play in our industry. But I can tell you hourly uh, is going to hate putting money in Paradox's pocket by having Tradeify be on their platform. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and in contrast, <laughs> I'm sure Paradox enjoys uh, getting or profiting from from hourly as well. So uh, it is It is a lot like high school in our industry sometimes. We don't talk much about that, but it's a thing. It's a kick in the ass. And and, and that's, that's good for the entire industry. 
Sure, sure. And by the way, Zor, who we don't talk about much, um, uh, seems to be fading quickly from the scene and they've lost a few executives. Yeah. Aida, where you at? What's going on out there? Aida, hit us up. Well, let's go to uh, two companies I've never heard of, but there was another acquisition <laughs> in this place. Maybe you have. I don't know. Itaboo, yeah. uh-huh. uh, HR software company Compono uh, has announced the acquisition of candidate sourcing platform Itaboo for an undisclosed amount. The acquisition will see Itaboo's candidate sourcing pipeline and insight technology integrated into the Compono HR tech platform. Specifically, the Itaboo platform is used to cross-post positions to major job boards and integrate into CRM systems, saving clients time and money. As part of the acquisition, the Itaboo brand and all its staff will continue to operate as usual. Founded in 2007, Itaboo has over 300 clients and two offices in the UK and Spain. The acquisition of Itaboo by Compono will enable the company to expand its current products into Europe while broadening Itaboo's reach into Asia. According to Crunchbase, Itaboo was founded in 2007 and raised no VC capital. LinkedIn says says they employ about 17 people. Any thoughts on this one, Chad? Yeah, 2007 and 300 uh, clients, that to me is uh, is a warning signal. Yeah, that's a warning signal. Uh, I mean, it's right. Yeah, I, I've heard of Itaboo before, but it's it's very sparse. Uh, they are, I guess you could say, a, a very small broad bean. So it's it's just j- job posting distribution. Uh, I think, to be quite frank, you know, because they didn't take any cash, maybe they got a good payout. But overall, I, you have to make the decision to go after big funding to be able to supercharge or go after that acquisition, right? And get targeted to, to, to be acquired. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was a smart move, uh, on, on both sides. Uh, Com- Compono themselves, I don't like their go to market strategy because they are SMB and enterprise and we always see that doesn't work out. But overall, you know, adding this to their portfolio is, uh, I, I don't think it's hurtful. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to send them over the edge either into, uh, into the, the enterprise oblivion. No, there probably wasn't a, to- a whole lot of risk in this. And I, you know, part of me, when I see these stories, you know, the old days of uh, acquisitions and, you know, like you know, the old, the old, the old strategy of growing into new markets was really challenging because it was mostly by job boards or ATSs, right? But when you have technology, uh, it's much easier to go into other markets. However, you know, from our, our European show, which you haven't, if you haven't tuned into that, uh, I encourage you to do so because it's been a real education for me and I think for you as well. But growing into new markets, there's a lot of legal issues. There's a lot of just like, uh, you know, there's a ton of issues. So basic language shit. So, yeah. So what's what struck this what struck me in this deal was that uh, you've got an Asian company, an APAC company, and a European company. And if one one company wants to get some traction into a, a new market, a new continent, the acquisition play is a one effective way to do that. So I think that probably had a lot of underlying uh, reasons for a component to make this move and gets them into 
let's be honest, a, a big market in Europe yeah. and, a, and, yeah. a, and a way to grow. Well, we were just talking about the revenue opportunity for recruitment marketing that most applicant tracking systems and other, you know, recruitment tech, they don't get to, they don't get to enjoy. Now, Compono will get to enjoy. The big focus for them is trying to drive this new segment because there, there's probably more of an upside from the recruitment dollars spend, recruitment marketing dollars spend every year than they will actually see or have opportunity in on the on the non-recruitment marketing tech. No doubt. So speaking of tech, uh, you shredded something from our friends at This Way Global. What's going on with them? Yeah, big, big announcement for them. Uh, they were actually accepted into Google Startup Accelerator. Uh, these accelerator programs uh, in itself, just the name of Google, it's like that stamp of validity, right? Uh, it'll help them stay, scale the team, build a brand, raise funds. I mean, Google actually provides resources to these startups to be able to help them focus and, you know, do, do business right. Now, we, we all know Google isn't amazing in the recruitment space, although uh, I, having their brand behind them is not a bad thing. I, I thought that this was the very first company in the recruiting space that Google had in the accelerator program. I was wrong. Thanks, George LaRock, for pointing out uh, Canaries, who has actually been on the show as well. Yeah. They were in this uh, program as well. So uh, there you go. These guys are just sort of quietly, methodically building a really great product. They partner with Salesforce, again, sort of quietly. They told us about it. And we did a show on that. Um, but they continue to just really do the right things. And whereas they're not as flashy as an eightfold or raising, you know, those kinds of funds, I think that that these guys are doing it right. I think they're going to they're going to have a nice payday. Um, in the near future and Google recognizing what they're doing and being willing to help them out, I think only sort of solidifies the point that um, this way global is worth is worth watching. Uh, you know, again, if they focus and, and they can actually uh, they can get more white labeling partnerships together, much like Salesforce, I think they can knock it out of the park. Well, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll talk a little bit of Apple. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com that's pandologic.com uber lyft and others all right chad your favorite uh your favorite company after amazon apple <laughs> this is from the verge uh this week apple insists it does not have a problem with pay inequality skeptical apple employees 
have been trying to verify that claim by sending out informal surveys on how much people make, particularly as it relates to women and underrepresented minorities. But the company has shut down three of those surveys, citing stringent rules on how employees can collect data. Now, multiple labor lawyers tell The Verge the company may be violating worker protections. The surveys can be considered a form of labor organizing under U.S. law. Employees have the right to discuss pay. Recently, employees tried to start a pay equity survey, but were told to take it down because it included a question on gender. When they created a new survey without the gender question, Apple allegedly said it had to be shut down because it was hosted on the company's corporate box account. <laughs> Uh-oh, Chad. What does Apple have to hide? Oh, I believe Apple has a problem. So companies in the UK are required to publish information about gender pay gaps. Apparently, Apple's report on mean and median gender pay gap for employees was 12% in favor of men, which is 5% below the overall gender pay gap in the UK. So they are seeing that they're having issues where they have to be transparent, right? Now they're saying, no, we want to be transparent. No, you don't. This is total bullshit. This is Apple playing an HR uh, game, right? Uh There's no reason why that we we do self-identification all the time within organizations to be able to better understand what our workforce composition is. We just don't make the information required. If somebody's going to do a paid transparency survey, you obviously should be able to get as much information as possible, just don't require the information, right? Mm-hmm. And then d- disclude anything that doesn't have that that data, okay? In the US, we are going to have to, by law, make this a requirement. And whether it starts with, you know, uh, contractors, government contractors who take money, millions or billions of dollars from the federal government, uh, it doesn't matter. But we're going to have to mandate this to actually make the, the needle move because companies like Apple are going to continue to play these bullshit games. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Apple is a 40 year company. They have pretty loyal employees from what I understand. Uh, there's a wide variety of pay and salaries at this company that are longstanding. And knowing that, it, it, you know, if they have to make good on, on pay equity and equality, it's going to cost them a lot of money. And uh, that's going to hit the share price of the company. And so to the degree that they can stifle this information getting out, uh, they're going to do it. It's not right, uh, but I understand it. Um, ultimately, it's going to come out. What's really interesting to me is the the union perspective on this. And if the perspective is they're hindering U.S. law and the the you know the, the ability for people to get together, you know, create unions, um, I think is a really interesting question. And I think this goes back to what we've talked about with Google's uh, union, and frankly, probably being the most successful union in the last ten years mm-hmm. is Google's. So, if you're sitting there in Silicon Valley and, and you're working at Apple and you see Google's, you know, Google's union being really successful, well, hell, we should unionize too. Um, so, you know, I suspect that 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 whatever Google's facing is going to hit Apple, it's going to hit Facebook, it's going to hit everybody. Um, and this issue is going to come to light and Apple's going to have to do good on it, make good on it. And it's going to cost them a lot of money and hit their stock. But uh, they're just, 
they're just putting off the inevitable, in my opinion. Which is what I don't understand, because if you look at what we just talking about with Airbnb, if you take the right purpose driven edge at this and you focus on not just the optics, but doing what's right for the people. Yes, you're going to you're probably going to take a hit on the stock right out of the gate, but that is going to be short term. What you should care about is long term and long term means that you keep the best people who can help you build the best product. This kind of bullshit is going to drive those individuals to other organizations, whether it's Google or not. So I think this is short-term bullshit thinking from a bunch of bitches who need to get their shit in fucking play. Uh, and not that you would know this, Chad, because you you wouldn't buy an iPhone if uh, you know your wife's life depended on it. But uh, they usually release a new phone this time of year. And from a PR perspective, this story couldn't be hitting at a worse time. So to your point, get the <laughs> shit cleared up, release the new shit uh, just in time for Christmas and, uh, you know, make people forget the, the the hit to the stock price. Come on, well, Apple. S- speaking of hits to stock prices and who knows what else, uh, Prop 22 is back in the news. Uh, Lyft and Uber took a big hit this weekend or last weekend after a state judge ruled against a ballot proposition which would have allowed the companies to continue classifying drivers as independent contractors. Prop 22 passed by a wide margin in the state when most people voted in favor of it in last year's November elections. Uber, Lyft, Instacart, and DoorDash poured in $220 million into campaigning for Prop 22 in order to in order to overturn AB5, and the move clearly worked. And the rulings, if the ruling stands. Uh, gig companies like Uber and Lyft may have to spend hundreds of millions paying for health care and other additional benefits for their drivers. At the moment, though, Prop 22 is still in effect and gig companies are already planning to appeal. So, Chad, who you got in this epic battle? The, so the judge actually wrote that Prop 22 appears only to protect the economic interest of the network companies having a dividend unionized workforce, which is not a stated goal of the legislation. So it's, it seems like a technicality overall. Um, I could, I could be wrong, but for me, the people have to win over the company period, because this is about ensuring that our people are protected and they have benefits. The hardest thing for me to understand is, you know, if we're a land of the free, then we, why can't we allow the people to choose whether they want to be an FTE or a gig worker. Take it out of the hands of the government, take it out of the hands of the company and actually say, look, you have a choice. And obviously if we discriminate against you for that choice, then obviously, you know, we can, we can be taken to court as well. But, you know, some people want side hustles Sure. And they already have a full-time job and they have benefits. So this doesn't make any sense for them while others need the benefits. So I just, for me, I just don't understand why this is so fucking hard. Are we going to have to enforce this to ensure that there is no discrimination? Yes. Can we do it? Of course we can. Yeah. I'm impressed to hear you say that, uh, let the people choose and let them decide whether they want to side hustle. Um, now, obviously a company isn't going to... A company isn't going to offer full-time employment probably if they don't have to. What what I think would be interesting is if, you know, if, if Lyft wanted to appeal to a specific kind of driver and lure them away from Uber, it would be to 
give health benefits and the benefits of full-time employment. And to me, it's more of a recruiting strategy that they're missing uh, than anything else. Cause from everything we hear, they're having a hard time getting drivers and having drivers, uh, you know, in any kind of scale. So uh, to me, that's, that's something that, that I would like to see, but ultimately specifically, particularly in, in California, um, I tend to think that eventually these guys are going to have to give full-time employment benefits to drivers and they've threatened to leave California, which I don't think they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to have to pay up and what, you know, let's, let's just figure out what other blue States, I guess, are going to start implementing this, the Washington's of the world, the, the Oregon's it's going to happen. But I think that when you, when you think about this and in other industries, and I think about trucking, so there's a great podcast, I think on planet money, which I think we both listen to where they talk about uh, going to driving school for, for trucks. And then after you get done with your education, you get your licenses, they say, okay, do you want to be a full-time employee or do you want to be a, an independent business, right? And they really push you to that. And then you end up being your own business and they give you an LLC and da-da-da. So I think that the, ra- the the loop in this, that they get around it is that if they do lose the full-time employment uh, court case, that they're going to just do the trucking route and make all these people their own businesses and just pay them, pay them that way. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it should be a choice of the people, but I think that's going to have to be something that's regulated. So the the government actually says, and there's there's lines that are out there uh, drawn in the sand that say, look, company A, employer A, you don't have an opportunity to be able to classify them yourself. Now back to the trucking issue, that's that's a, an education uh, process and problem. I think those truckers, and I could be wrong, they did become their own business, but they could sell that truck that they bought. They could, you know, get out of Hawk for all that and still go drive for somebody else. So there's still a light at the end of the tunnel for them. uh, But we definitely do have to have safeguards in place to ensure that kind of shit doesn't happen. Just provide universal health care, America, and we'll we'll solve a lot of these problems. Come the fuck on. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, side hustles, uh, let's take a quick break and talk about OnlyFans. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Chad, this is the second week in a row that we've ended the show with OnlyFans. I don't know what that says about us or our listeners, (laughs) but... You may remember Ali Ray, uh, who yep. clears sixty-five to seventy-five k a month How on the platform OnlyFans as a former nurse. Yep. Uh, anyway, late late last week, after we recorded, OnlyFans announced it was going to clean up its act and would restrict sexual content, which is a little like your local liquor store announcing it's only serving soft drinks. Uh, they did this citing pressure <laughs> from banks and payment companies like MasterCard. However, the company did an about face uh, 
saying they received assurances from banking partners that they will allow the platform to continue allowing sexually explicit content. Yeah. Chad, with more than 130 million users, 2 million content creators, and a reported 150 million in free cash flow last year, I think the bankers made a right decision, don't you? Yeah, no question. Not to mention for the safety of sex workers. I mean, that, that's something that I think is incredibly important. And we found during uh, COVID, during the last you know 18 months, uh, 24 months, that there's an opportunity for individuals to make possibly more than what they made before at, you know, their, whatever sex work job they did before, whether they were stripping or what, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. But giving those individuals an opportunity to, to have more of a safe place and then also create content that they continue to, you know, re- receive revenues off of. I mean, it, it, and again, not to, not to sound pedestrian or anything, but if you're up on stage doing a dance, your revenue opportunity is only there when you're in the club, right? When you're on OnlyFans and you're creating content, whatever that content is, people can consume that content whenever. And we're talking about content that might've been there for months, right? And you can still be getting revenue off of that content, which is why Ali Ray, obviously, is getting anywhere from sixty-five dollars to $70,000 per month because she's creating that library and obviously, you know, that that draw. Chad, there's a hole here that needs to be filled. And if it's not only fans, it's going to be someone else. You remember Tumblr many years ago said they were going to go clean. Well, no one's heard of Tumblr since then. Only fans, same thing. If they go clean, someone else is going to pop up. And here we go. So if not only fans, it's going to be somebody else. This is something apparently in, in our human nature that's going to happen and Applause to OnlyFans for us, uh, you know, sticking with it, doing the 180 and uh, continuing to provide, quote unquote, creators a place to create. God bless OnlyFans. Amen. And with that, Chad, you enjoy Portugal. You enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And you got it. we out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. 
redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.